0: Good morning. This is KBBI, Homer AM 890. Today is Wednesday, December 15th. It's 9.04 AM. My name is Jeff Lockwood. It is time for the coffee table. You will probably not be surprised to learn that uh, today's coffee table is going to be culinary themed. And I am joined by two of uh, Homer's premier food and beverage (laughs) people. (laughs) Terry Roble. Hi. And Patrick Drisco- Driscoll from the Grog Shop. How's it going? It's going great. I'm very excited uh, to have you guys here. We are going to be talking about, you know, like holiday cooking. And we also brought in gigantic stacks of cookbooks uh, we're going to be talking about. But first, I have to uh, I have to I have to talk about this because. I have this recipe card here that was in our, it's in our little recipe box, you know, um, that we keep and that we've, we've, we've had forever and that we occasionally put new things in. And this one is uh, from the kitchen of Terry Roble, Homer News, nine fourteen zero six.
1: Oh. And
0: it is a recipe for chocolate raspberry mousse.
1: <gasps> oh, that's very good. <laughs> I remember that. I, I'm pretty
0: sure we made it, actually, and I, pre- I, I do remember that it was quite oh. delicious. So I just, my wife found it in, uh, when she was looking for some uh, recipes, and she Aww. was like, you have to tell Terry about this. because That's uh,
1: nice. <laughs> my legacy lives on.
0: <laughs> That's right. So uh, you oh. got any, w- what's that?
1: That just warmed my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You, you know, it's so funny because um, I bought a friend a recipe box for a birthday gift, and I I don't have one. I have envelopes with categories of of. You know everything in the food world in box bottoms from soda, and there's hundreds of them. And so I finally bought myself a box.
0: A recipe box. I did. You got your first recipe box.
1: I, yeah, I, <laughs> and and it's like wow. <laughs> my mom always had one. In fact, I think I have hers and my grandma's. <laughs> and and so now I have one, and I have my first recipe in it, and it's cranberry. Um, Brown um, blondies.
0: Really, really, the first one is the ones that you brought in today? Yeah. Because those are awesome, by Thank the you. way. Thanks. Do you those have are the, good. Do you have the recipe for it? Because I kind of want it.
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> it's in my
0: recipe
1: box. <laughs> I'll write it out for you.
0: I have a, I have a recipe box, too. But uh, I have two, actually. One is that, one is one my mom made when I first left home. Aww. And, uh And it contains some of the, you know, some of the recipes from That's when I was a wonderful. kid. And I still, the one that I still use, it's actually, uh, it's uh, uh, on my refrigerator. Is uh, her cornbread recipe.
1: Oh, we have the sourdough waffle recipe on our refrigerator.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds really good. Patrick, do you have any recipes on your refrigerator?
2: Actually, yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Sherry Stead at Grace Ridge gave us a recipe for uh, this lemon fettuccine that is
0: absolutely
2: to die for.
0: Lemon fettuccine? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or fettuccine with its lemon with sauce. With the lemon sauce? Yeah.
0: How do you make lemon sauce? Is it like butter and lemon or oil? Pretty.
2: Bu- pretty uh, butter.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I have two more I forgot about that are just tried and true. And Mark loves this rhubarb red jello dessert his mom made. And that stays on the fridge, even though I, after the hundreds of times that I've made it, <laughs> I can't believe it's not memorized. Um, and the other one is my mom's brownies. So, okay, those are my three.
0: Nice. <laughs> is the rhubarb jello? what is it like? It's
1: like a raspberry or strawberry. Oh. And it goes in dry. Uh huh. It's really good stuff. Oh,
0: you, you mix in the huh. jello with the with the rhubarb?
1: Uh, you sprinkle it on, and then you, um, put the rhubarb top uh-huh. over that. You know, it's got like a, a butter cookie cake base on oh, okay. the bottom, and then it bakes.
0: It, sound, it sounds it sounds like a pretzel
1: salad kind of. No, <laughs> it's just really really good though. Huh. It's his favorite. It sounds pretty it's tasty. It's the only one he ever wants, and it's a pain in the butt to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? It the, sounds easy. You know, well, the cookie base part is just such a, I don't know. I, I, all my years have been trying to simplify it, and I just haven't really concentrated on doing that. <laughs> anyway.
0: 235 if you would like to call and ask any of uh this assembled brain trust your <laughs>
1: <Generally>. <laughs> your holiday
0: your holiday cooking questions um i can't guarantee and i can't guarantee a correct answer but i can guarantee you that we will have an answer <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we'll have fun thinking of an answer together
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh so this is a uh, this is our second sort of unusual christmas in a row where um you know a lot of us aren't going to be having gigantic gatherings do you have anything different that you do terry when when it's a smaller occasion. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just
1: I just pared down a little bit, um, and leftovers are always great. <laughs> so what do you, f- well,
0: you what do you what do you got planned?
1: Uh, well, all the kids are coming, and so that's awesome. And so we're gonna do a, um, a tenderloin, um, as in a beef Wellington tenderloin.
0: Oh, you're gonna make a beef Wellington. Yep.
1: And Ooh. and I'm um, I ordered a special ham from Arkansas, from Corsi's meat market in um, St. Joe, Arkansas. And I you
0: worked. gave me some of the bacon that's delicious. I know. And I still so have a couple pieces. I'm very excited. Oh, it's so
1: good. It's <laughs> the best smoked ham and bacon and things I've ever had. So we'll have that at some point. And in fact, Mark was just asking me last night, Oh, we got to sit down and think of a menu. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we going to cook all these, these people? I'm like, they're going to want lasagna. Um, I make, more of a bolognese-type sauce lasagna out of um, Sam Sifton's See You on Sunday cookbook.
0: Do you use bechamel or do you use uh, ricotta? It's, it's a bechamel. Yeah, I use bechamel, yeah. too.
1: Oh, they so went crazy I. for it when I first made it. But anyway, Patrick, what about you? What are you going to cook?
2: You know, we're going really simple this year. Okay. kiddos are going to be down with their grandparents. Aw. So, which is fine. But So we got, I think, maybe the last king crab in over.
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, at an exorbitant cost but um, I know
1: but Well it's Christmas
2: It's Christmas Yeah so, Like the ham So we have We're going to do King crab and filet And Yum That's it Yeah you Isn't know <laughs> You know
1: life? When Jeff and I did the The show At the house And I had just ordered the ham and I was telling him how expensive it was. Yeah. To get it here only because the shipping, right? right? And I thought, well, you know, it's it's my box of crab this year. <laughs> because that's never, you know, um cheap. And <laughs> right. but boy do I miss that crab. <laughs> Man, do I miss that crab.
0: Yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet. Um okay. I've been <laughs> I've been not very uh Creative in the kitchen lately. For Thanksgiving, we had I I didn't even bother, because it was just the two of us, you know, so I didn't even bother with anything too exciting. I just did a, I I did a gigantic tomahawk ribeye that was ridiculous. And it was delicious, it was tasty, but yeah, it didn't really have anything to do with Thanksgiving, which was.
1: (laughs) So, what is the most, here's a good question. What is the most unique thing that you've ever prepared for a holiday meal? Ours was when Mark and I, our first year together, it was Easter. We lived in Kenosha, Wisconsin, in a little duplex. And my sister came down from Oshkosh, and I made spaghetti. Spaghetti? Yeah. Okay. Huh. It was Easter. I made spaghetti. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it like <laughs> rabbit spaghetti? No, it or was... Or lamb spaghetti? No, or? it was
1: just spaghetti. And, you know, I was just... <laughs> I was all of, you know, 8, 19. And um, we, I don't think we could afford a ham. <laughs> 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 anyway, Patrick?
2: I don't know. I think the only one that my family has is... All of us want apple pie with cheddar cheese on top.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: I, my grandparents did it, and my parents have done it. I love it. it. Now
1: That's it, not it has weird. carried
2: down... No, but other than that, we're pretty traditional. Well, you know, it just you know. makes me
0: think of it. Makes me think of Taxi Driver because there's a right. scene. In, there's a scene in Taxi Driver where. Uh, oh right. Robert De Niro's character orders apple pie with. Well, you uh, know, there's a was, cheese was, melt on it, melted on it. Oh god,
1: that sounds so good. You, you know, there's a scene in Wisconsin apple pie. Without the cheese is like a hug without the squeeze.
0: <laughs> I think I've heard you say that before. I know you have. I just, you know, it's
1: in my bloodlines. I can't get rid of it. Jeff, what's, okay, what's the strangest thing beside your tomahawk steak?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's not strange. I mean, I mean that's good. Yeah, it's not really that it's strange. It's just not, it's right just not really <laughs> Thanksgiving.
1: Okay, what about people out there? Call us, please. I got to hear this.
0: <laughs> Keep Terry entertained.
1: Oh, I love I love to laugh, you know.
0: You know, I, I mean... I don't think I've ever really made anything too weird for, for, although you have, well, you made me think about Easter. And one time um, I did a, uh, it was really good. It was a leg of lamb cooked in hay.
1: Oh, that's really,
0: yeah. It's super good. It's kind of an old, it's an, it's kind of an old, uh, they do them in France. They do them in Mm -hmm. England sometimes. Yeah, you basically, <laughs> I went to the wagon wheel and I bought a bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, uh, and you just put the hay, cover the hay around the whole lamb and you kind of slow cook it for quite a while. And it's really, really delicious, honestly. Like it gives it this really like fresh sort of vibrant, grassy, earthy, hay huh. thing. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, okay.
0: And it's really good.
1: Yeah, uh, you have different taste buds than I do.
0: Well, you don't, that doesn't sound appealing to you?
1: Um, I, I don't care for lamb.
0: Oh, you don't, really? really?
1: Uh, I know, right? And oysters. Um, uh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's the raw thing.
0: Lamb's not raw.
1: I know, but I just don't <laughs> do
0: You don't like lamb, huh? No, sorry. That's disappointing. I'm sorry. I guess you can like lamb. My wife's Australian. If we didn't eat lamb, we would
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think my, you know, my mom um, used to take care of um, some kids for some really wealthy people when she was a teenager and the the wife had her cook, I think it was mutton
0: once. Well, mutton's not I know. the same thing. And she
1: told me that story a hundred times, how nasty that was.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because lamb used to be super, super popular in the U.S. Yeah. Like before, but what happened was World War II came along and, uh, and one of the, one of the mainstays, because it was super cheap in the, in the rations for the, for the American soldiers was mutton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And so, you know, they're eating like, you know, canned mutton. It's been boiled for who knows how long, and then after World War II, the popularity of lamb plummeted <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> Until now, it's like you know you don't really see it that often. It's not near as common as it used to be.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty. It's pretty popular again. Um, not mutton, lamb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of recipes with lamb in them.
0: Yeah, but it's it's not as it's not that common in the in the grocery store. You know, like especially up here. I mean, you can you can get it, but it's uh-huh. not. It's not around and it's only you can only get like the leg or the chops. Right. Or, you know, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty much all that I ever see.
1: You can have my share.
0: (laughs) okay? (laughs) This is KBBI. This is the coffee table. I am Jeff Lockwood here with Terry Roble and Patrick Driscoll. We are talking about holiday cooking. And we should segue into our next uh, big topic, which is going to be a big topic because we have lots of them here, which (laughs) is cookbooks, which are an eternally popular gift for people who are culinary minded. If you've got any holiday cooking questions or stories, or you just want to tell Terry what the strangest thing you ever cooked on a holiday is, 235-7721. And uh, Terry, let's start with you because you're our guest here. And, and. I I love – and we also have some unfinished business here because before the pandemic, when we were first learning how to uh, really do a bunch of broadcasting remotely, Terry and I did a remote show where we were talking about cookbooks, but we didn't make it all the way through because (laughs) I was still learning how to do remotes, and we sort of lost our connection, and it all – Became very disastrous. But it was fun up until that point.
1: Yeah, it was going. It was rolling great guns. We I know. We were at a coffee
0: we were, shop. Yeah, we were at a coffee shop. We were at Captain's Coffee, and yeah. uh, everything was great, and then it wasn't. <laughs> I know. Which is kind of how kind of how the last couple of years have gone, really. You know? <laughs> and, nice. yeah, we just,
1: yeah, we do have some unfinished
0: business. So we that have was to, a fun thing. It was super fun. So, So we've brought back a smattering of our favorite cookbooks back into the studio. And now we're just going to tell each other about them and tell you about them. So Terry, what do you have for us? I see that you brought back your, uh, I do remember that uh, better homes and garden one.
1: That was the one that started it all, you know, and if anybody heard the last show, that's how I started cooking. Mom gave me the cookbook, you know, the traditional um, red and white checked better homes and gardens cookbook. And when I got married and I cooked, out of that book for years. And I, you know, I guess I didn't realize I had a real cooking passion for a few years. And so I've branched out and now I have probably over 500 cookbooks
0: and... You have 500 cookbooks?
1: Oh, at least. Wow. And and they're all my friends. And I just, you know, like I have shelves of them all over the house and like in the laundry room, there's tons of them. And I just walk in and I just get happy when I see them. (laughs) Isn't that just weird? Anyway, so I have that one. And then the one that got me started cooking in Alaska was crazy um it, it was a cookbook called Lobush moose and other alaskan recipes and it was written by gordon nelson a retired trooper and he had like six kids and i know we talked about this one but this one had all the traditional like alaskan type cooking recipes in it like things for moose and crab and halibut and sourdough and um he's got a few really good things in here like a, a bernaise sauce and he's pretty spot on with most of his cooking. I think he was a really good cook. So that that was my segue into Alaskan um, ingredients and food.
0: There's a lot of recipes in that book in uh, in Cooking Alaskan, which is like yes. the legendary Alaska cookbook that right. was a, it Alaska Magazine, right, I think, put it together. Yeah, uh-huh. and they compiled it from all the yeah, uh, yep. from books like that, and then all the uh, all the little spiral bound like. I don't know if there was a junior league of Ketchikan, but if oh, there was right? <laughs> Well and that and that's my next my
1: next cookbook. This this thing's been used so much, it doesn't even have the covers on it. And it's a um a beta sigma Phi cookbook. So I was oh. in a beta group when Is
0: that I, a sorority? Yeah. You were um, in a sorority?
1: And when I well, a group of ladies after oh. I came to Homer oh. and we we um, anyway I ordered this cookbook and it's just got it, it was like if you took all the grandmas and the, the guys like you and everybody put their favorite things in there. And there's so many yummy traditional but non traditional things in here. This is a really old book now. Um, I used it a lot. Okay, so. Was that, that,
0: was that published here or was that a.
1: No, was that, that was like published national? by their national okay. headquarters and wherever, Kansas, somewhere. And the book that um, that I got. Next, um, that's, that's also lost its cover and there's a rubber band (laughs) on it (laughs) and it's, it's, um, the Holly Molly general store cookbook. The what? Holly Molly general store. I don't think I'm saying that right. It's in Maui. Holy moly? Holy moly. (laughs) It's got, oh,
0: oh no. Okay.
1: Haile, I don't know how you, oh, okay. It's in Hawaiian. Okay. And, and so it's in Maui actually the, it's a, um, a restaurant that, um, a chef and her husband, um own and it's on an old pineapple plantation. But she has so many beautiful recipes in here using a lot of uh, fresh fish and things right. that we get here. And like pineapple. And, and Yeah, and guava. <laughs> and, and, and So I remember when I was first reading this book and uh, they have, her daughter is a pastry chef and she's got a recipe in here for lily koi bars. And I'm thinking, what is a lily koi? Well, I come to find out it's passion fruit and it's oh. just one of the most Amazing things you'll ever taste. You know, so this book has been used many, many thousands of times over. Many good recipes in here with a lot of good seafood. Um, you know, um, she even has a, an amazing enchilada recipe in there. So. Okay. what's
0: what's so good about the enchilada recipe?
1: Um, Just I think that it's it's made with so many ingredients, like you cook the pork down and it's got um, smoke in it and uh, green chilies and all kinds of yummy things that give it a a special flavor and whatnot. And then she's got an amazing mole for it that I like. I don't care for mole so much. Do you like
0: I I oh, actually quite a
1: lot. Ah, dang, man. Well, there's
0: so many different styles and kinds. There
1: is, but um, it's one of our favorites. I used to make it a lot. Um, and then I think my favorite out of here besides the um, seafood martini cocktail. Wait, 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 what? It's a seafood <laughs> martini cocktail, but it's not, it, it, it's just served in a martini. But place. I mean, so is it? it? It's not a martini.
0: Oh, okay. It's,
1: it's yeah. called um, a wasabi Cocktail or something. I was there, having there's...
0: this. I was having this horrible <laughs> flashback to this uh, shoot
1: oysters this... with beer. <laughs>
0: no, it was worse than that. Actually, uh, many, many, many years ago at Alice's, somebody had some king crab, and we decided it would be fun to uh, invent a drink, <laughs> kind of like, oh kind of inspired God. by oh, the, okay. inspired by the oyster shooter. Got it. And uh, and we wound up with uh, what we called the crab salute, <laughs> and it was, it was. Kind of like a Bloody Mary, sort of inspired drink. It was we put the crab in a in a shot glass and filled filled it with a little vodka and a little like tomato juice and some spicy stuff. And I can't remember what all went into it. And and everybody at the like the whole bar was full and and they we all got one and we all you know did our crab salute and it was you almost saw <laughs> like. 20 people simultaneously vomit because it was (laughs) was, revolting. I
1: was just (laughs) going to say, how'd that
0: go? It was disgusting. There was one guy who was the weird dude that he was like, this is great. But everybody else was like reeling because it was memorable. I can still... God.
1: <laughs> what a good waste to crab, huh?
0: <laughs> you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. You know, it could be that
2: I'm just battling a cold, but that turned my stomach. <laughs> it did. It did. So
1: speaking <laughs> of crab, so in the, the low bush moose cookbook, he, he was a trooper and he would visit different communities in Alaska. And he wrote about the little restaurant next to the Hetty hotel, which is right across from characters that's what it used to be called. Oh yeah 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 right. And and it was the Sterling Cafe. Right. And he would say the waitress would see me coming and tell the cook and the cook would immediately start frying um big crab mars in in um, batter and he would have deep oh. fried crab. That was nice. his specialty when he went to the Sterling Cafe in Homer. Wow. A gazillion years ago.
0: I'm they like, had crab there?
1: They had crab. Was it there. like actual? Yeah. Or was it was it, you know? it, this was like like <laughs> You know 60 years ago yeah when when we still
0: had crab in the bay yeah right
1: (laughs) so that that was fun to read but the seafood martini with wasabi ginger cocktail sauce is what is very um i've made it for oh my gosh hundreds of people at wedding receptions and there's not even wasabi in it (laughs) it's really funny what what there's no wasabi in it um it's a... Why do they call it... I, I'm not sure. I always try to figure that out, but it's, it's just really, really good. Because <laughs> um, you make a... a you, you have like crab and scallops and shrimp and halibut that's all cooked. That goes in there, and then it gets layered with a Napa cabbage that's... Um, Mixed with a uh, lemon crumb fresh, and, and then the, the cocktail sauce that goes on the top is, uh, it's really tasty with ketchup and pickled <laughs> ginger, sriracha, a little fish sauce, um, a little cilantro. I throw in a little diced celery for crunch, and it's just, oh my gosh.
0: But there's no wasabi.
1: There's no <laughs> wasabi. I'm, I'm kind of
0: hung up on that. I am like, too. <laughs> And you know what, if, <laughs> I, I, ever, if I ever go sense. over
1: to... Um, um, Maui again, and um, up up country and go to the restaurant. I'll have to ask Bev Gannon why she called it that. So um, that I don't know. why don't you talk about a couple of years because um people can listen to you talk for a little bit. <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> I
1: still have a couple more here I
0: people, to- people hear me talk all the time oh. they're, they're kind of over it. Oh but
1: anyway, all right, I'll keep going okay I'll no go. no that's okay'll no, no, actually
0: I'll actually no i'm I'm actually not gonna that that's a good since uh, people hear me talk. I'm not gonna, this is not a cookbook. This is the, this is a two volume, this thing probably weighs 20 pounds.
1: It's huge. Actually,
0: it comes I'm, in a oh. big box. It's I called need, the Cambridge World History of Food. And it is, uh, oh my, it is fantastic. It is like, I don't know how many Tell thousands of pages of uh, various articles about food (laughs) and like pretty much like anything you would ever want to know about what anybody who's ever eaten, who's ever lived, you know, like it starts out with like, here's what we know about what, what cavemen ate. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then it goes on to pretty much everything, like every obscure, you know, staple food that anybody's ever had. Manioc. I'm not sure what manioc is. Oh, Mm.
1: I have heard of that. I mean, mean, I've,
0: I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is.
1: How did you come by how did you find this? Uh,
0: this I found actually at uh, Tidal Wave in Anchorage. Oh, I love that <laughs> So I got it I got it at a discount. It was still really expensive, but uh, it wasn't as expensive nah, yeah, as the I've heard of that. original one was. I think. But yeah, so they have, you know, it's like essentially the first part of, the first volume is kind of individual foods, you know, and they talk uh-huh. about the history of like all the individual foods, um, where they came from, who's eaten them, are they still eaten?
1: So... Is that how you got your ideas for no, like that's, the pantry?
0: No, that's not how I got it. Oh, okay. That's not, that's not where the show came from. All right, I got this, know. like, well into the show's run. So I'm not ripping these guys off, I promise. No, no, no. I
1: thought, oh, <laughs> it planted if that's the seed. that's what you're trying to
0: suggest. No,
1: oh, heavens no. I thought, oh, it planted the seed, you know? And it's like, oh, you knew all these things about each ingredient and their history, which I love to hear on your show. Yeah,
0: I knew all that stuff already. Oh, Nice. <laughs> no, th- this book is written by, like, actual academics who know what they're talking about as opposed to some dude at the end of the road who just kind of runs his mouth a lot. But
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> then, like, the second volume is is they kind of shift a little bit away from, like, individual foods. And they start talking about, like, you know, there's nutrition and then there's food fads. Like, I just opened it up to ooh, food as as uh, aphrodisiacs. There's ooh. A whole, article on that food prejudices and taboos nutrition and mental development and that's on uh, page 1381 which is only partway through the second volume
1: save that page for me (laughs) I feel like my my brain has left me
0: but it's a really uh there's all kind of really cool um sort of about food books that aren't um history I actually have another one Back in my office um, that I also use as inspiration for the show sometimes, um, which is the, I think that this is the Cambridge World History of Food. I think the other one is the Oxford Book of Food or the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food or something like that. And it's super good, too. It's a lot shorter, though. It's a little more, it's a little lighter, lighter in tone, a little easier to uh, sort of deal with. (laughs) Uh, Because this one's a monster.
2: Well, that's like, I mean, reading Harold McGee's book.
0: Yeah. Right. Which... On food and cooking, yeah, which is yet another
2: completely approachable, but
0: yet another classic a ton of, of information. Yeah, I know. Well, Very he was—he was like kind of a big part of that whole sort of early nerding out about cooking yeah. thing. That I mean, that book's from the '80s, I think, originally, or the early '90s, maybe. I think the '80s. Yeah, yeah, and and it's 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 still like an it authoritative is. book. It is. You know, He's got about, another
1: one out. I get—I don't remember the name
0: on food and cooking too?
1: No, it's got a a really weird name like uh, Raw or something. I don't know. It's a a one-word title, I believe. That's very helpful. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I told you, it's really early for me, okay?
0: (laughs) This is KBBI, Homer AM 890. You are listening to The Coffee Table. My name is Jeff Lockwood. I'm joined by Terry Roble and (laughs) Patrick Driscoll. And uh, it is 9.30 in the morning. We are going to take a very short Dance break, because uh, I need to have a couple of sips of coffee. I'll dance. (laughs) Terry's going to dance. Just imagine Terry Roble dancing. Scary. (laughs) (laughs) And we will be right back on the coffee table. (laughs) All right, we are back. On the coffee table with Patrick Driscoll and Terry Roble. My name is Jeff Lockwood. 235-7721. If you have any holiday cooking questions or you wanna talk about cookbooks, or Terry's also dying to know the strangest thing you've ever made for, her, I gotta keep plugging that because you do. <laughs> she, she somebody re- has to call. It's really, it's really important that she know this. She wants to know what your strangest holiday meals are. Two, well,
1: three, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, See, Wait, know, what I was saying, you know, what brought that up was one of the first shows we did was I took cooking questions and someone called in and wanted to ask me how to cook a chunk of goat. <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> and it was... I you don't it, like lamb, so I bet you really don't like goat. Well,
1: actually... Oh. It's okay. And it was... <laughs> but it, but, uh, the the story, mysteries of the palate. <laughs> but the story was... Um, the, the gentleman that called in was Digger Dave from oh. Olsen Mountain. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, oh, my gosh, we had the best conversation on air. And it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious because I, I was, like, totally off the cuff telling him what to do.
0: You, what was your advice for cooking I, the goat? I,
1: I think I told him to um, make slits in it and put little garlic cloves in it.
0: Oh, that's classic. And, was it, and what, roast it. Do you remember what, was it like the whole goat or was it? Uh, oh, it was
1: just a big chunk of roast or something. What, what part of the goat? I have no idea. Was it an old goat or a young goat? I didn't ask. Oh. I don't <laughs> want to... I think... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was assuming it was, like, mountain goat from across the bay, but, you know, I never even thought it might be, you know, goat. <coughs> old goat. Probably should have, huh? Anyway, um, okay, all right, never mind, keep going.
0: <laughs> I'm just... So put garlic in it. What else? What else would you mean? I
1: don't know. You don't know. No. It,
0: Have you cooked it, a goat since? Have you ever cooked goat?
1: Um, I've cooked mountain goat. That's totally different. It's totally
0: different from regular goat. It's
1: absolutely different. It it was, I think, the one of the most well. The cut that I cooked was one of the most tender, red chunks of meat I've ever had in my life.
0: Was it a like backstrap? Yeah. Loin? Yeah. Nice.
1: It was a mountain goat that Mark shot.
0: You don't like uh, you don't like lamb, but do you like Doll sheep.
1: Oh, that was good too. <laughs> yeah, doll sheep is <laughs> Oh, now wait, that, that was amazing. Yes, but so precious, you know. Yeah. I've I
0: have mean, never had doll sheep.
1: It was really good.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. really. Huh.
1: Not. Although not, I have,
0: I have, I have cooked uh, cooked beaver, which is delicious.
1: I've heard that. Really? Yeah,
0: it's super good. It's like no, it's really really dark, and it's yes. it's dark red, and I did it a bunch of different ways. I actually made a, uh, <laughs> I made a beaver pate on croute. Um, with, with some, (laughs) with some of it. That's weird. It's not weird. It's just meatloaf. Oh, right. Baked in a, and actually I have this, uh, this really old cookbook, (laughs) which is awesome. Pâtés and terrines, where I learned a ton of things about how to do it because it's actually fairly complicated. Um, I mean, it's simple, but it's also, there's a lot, a lot that can go wrong when you're, when you're, when you're making a meatloaf baked in pastry. Wow. But, uh. No, it was delicious, and I also did. Um, I I, I cooked the, uh, I cooked the tenderloins. I did those super super rare, and those were like the first course because we had the friend of mine who uh, who gave me uh, the beaver, who brought back the beaver from trapping. Um, actually, Kathleen, Kathleen Gustafson's oh, husband, okay. Jarl, he brought he brought back this beaver, and uh, and so I had a, we had a big dinner, where we made the beaver in all these different ways, and and so the first course was. Uh, was beaver tenderloin, basically. Like, they're pretty small, but, you know. And I just barely, barely cooked them, and I made some kind of a sauce. I can't remember what kind of sauce I made. But then I made a beaver bourguignon, which was uh, really sensational. Like, it's delicious stuff. I mean, it's... It is red. It is very, very intense. It's very huh. rich. It's very lean, but it's also very filling. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> the tails. By the time we got to them, they're kind of sort of freezer burned and not very, not very oh. good because um, they didn't they didn't hold up that well. Getting back to us, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to really do anything with the tail. I was a little disappointed in that.
1: Yeah, I, I want to know what our, our, our resident sommelier would uh, suggest for. It wine a, pairing. As a,
2: as a pairing for beaver. I would just red. <laughs> well, you know, if, I mean, if, if if it is that dark, and I, I, again, I have to, I've never had it, but I mean, I would think some big kind of fat, juicy syrahs and Fidel would would work
0: really well there. Yeah, I can't remember what I what I cooked with it because I, I you know, I, I did a beaver bourguignon where I basically stewed right. it in a whole bottle of wine. I think I might have used Pinot, but I'm. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, it's been a while. Well, Pinot would be the classic for Burgundy. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, Beaver Beaver used to be very famously. It was uh, considered fish by the by the Catholic Church in 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 <laughs> Quebec, in New France. When 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 they when the the, the French settlers came over and you know the trappers and started settling in uh, in France, they 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 moved further inland and they started having issues with with, uh, fish. And eventually the Catholic church ruled officially the, the, the new world Catholic church ruled that, that beaver could be considered a fish for, uh, for the purposes of eating fish on Fridays on Lent uh, and during Lent. So because it swam was basically the, thinking that, <laughs> well, you know,
1: winning, winning Quebec, you know,
0: and unfortunately Unfortunately, I did not have any any beaver at... Because it, it, I just keep... I'm really good at this, you know, like segueing into things. Because <laughs> speaking of Quebec, I have... Uh, I brought another book, which is... Um, this is actually not a restaurant that I myself have been to. But I have been to many of their other restaurants that are not this restaurant. And this is uh, the very famous Joe Beef. Oh, I was going to guess that. In Montreal. And oh, here's, here's the... Uh, Ooh. This is... They don't have ho- uh, beaver there, but they do have horse. Um, this right. is the, uh, this is a fillet of horse, uh, basically mm. wrapped in bacon and sitting on top of a gigantic slice of bread with some ham and topped with a fried egg. And this is the kind <laughs> of like ridiculous stuff that they do like constantly. Um, it is like really over the top, <laughs> and extremely, extremely French, but also in this very North American French way of. Yeah, Extravagance. Ooh, this looks really good. Ooh. What's that? Uh, rabbit. Skewered rabbit oh, with I look, prunes.
1: Oh, I've, I've heard
0: of that. I love rabbit. I do too. Another thing that I don't eat often uh-uh. enough. I need to, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's rabbit tracks everywhere right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking We're, you want to eat those. Hmm, someone, I don't know. I don't good, know. Huh? I don't know. They're good.
1: I don't know either. They're good. They're oh. good. Okay. If they're,
0: if they're too strong, you can just make yeah. a stew
2: out of them. Unfortunately, you know? when once we got a pet rabbit, rabbit
0: oh,
1: left
2: yeah. our menu.
0: <laughs> oh, here you go. Yes. Here you go, fancy beverage man. The, oh, <laughs> what is that? The sausage martini. It's a Vienna sausage oh. used as a garnish in a oh, martini. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, a joke at
1: Christmas at our house is my two sons tried to outdo each other every year with stocking stuffers that are hilarious. And usually there's always a can of Vienna sausage involved. So oh, that, that made me think of that. You
0: know, once a year I eat Spam because uh, it's just kind of a thing that I do. But I haven't eaten a Vienna sausage since I was probably. Actually, I can't think of the last time nine. I did Why
1: would you want to?
0: I liked them when I was a kid. Well
1: oh, yeah, that's when we were kids. Because they were cute and in little cans,
0: you know. They're kind of a weird thing. like Yeah. It's sort of strange that this sort of, like, half <coughs> hot dog thing that's not, like, they're really soft, you know? They're, they're not like a hot dog. No, the the texture is pretty awful. It's <laughs> bizarre, isn't it? Like, yeah. how do they, I mean, I've made a lot of sausage in my day, and I, I'm not sure how I would, <laughs> how I would get to a Vienna sausage. They must use a lot of fat. That's usually how you make.
1: Well, now you're going to have to go find some.
0: <laughs> I'll do a check the pantry on, on uh, Vienna, Vienna sausage. sausage, and we'll try to make them palatable. So what else you got for me, Terry? Hey, because. OK,
1: so um, after um, the Hawaiian cookbook, um, um, the Alaska cookbook, um, which was written by Kim Severson and Glenn Dunkler, And it's a um, collection of recipes from all over the state of Alaska um, restaurant chefs.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember when that came and, out. Yeah,
2: uh, I, so I was working at the Marx Brothers when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And Brothers is yeah, in there. Yeah, and oh, you, oh, you oh, know, like,
1: our, um, our dear Sean Marriott um, had recipes in here from the homestead. And, uh, oh, God, that was some good food back then, Sean. Man, I miss <laughs> you. In fact, right now I opened up to the page, Sonoran Seafood Stew, um, um, a notation on it, excellent, by Sean Marriott of the homestead.
0: I remember and when that was on the menu. I,
1: I cooked... Many many things out of this book. It's got I can tell fabulous. I mean, like strawberry vinaigrette, another excellent with an exclamation point. <laughs> um, <laughs> desserts in here, shellfish stock. Oh, here's the um, the notation on this. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is this still remains a, a very used book. There's a, a risotto shrimp. Oh, here it is: chipino shrimp with shallot risotto. Oh, and um, another excellent. So um, that's one of my go-to favorites to this day. And
2: that's actually, that's a book I think I've gifted quite a lot. Oh, it's a fabulous book. It's a great gift to send out to the lower 48. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: and it it still has, you know, it's, yeah, it's got some really, really excellent um, recipes in it. And then my kind of a new favorite, um, maybe because I, I know this guy, I've met him, we've talked, we email Every once in a great while, if I find a recipe, and he has a um, soft spot in his heart for Alaska, Sam Sifton of the New York Times. Oh. And um, I took a class from him once, and I don't know, anyway, whatever. He's he's just a guy who likes to cook and eat and probably makes gobs of money because he works for the Times. <laughs> but anyway, he, he's got a couple books out, and one is See You on Sunday. And so during the pandemic, um, there was a, a core group of us who kind of had our little... Dinner bubble, and we tried to get together every Sunday and make dinner. Nice. And I cooked a lot of recipes out of this book so far, like the bolognese lasagna and the Mississippi roast, which...
0: The Mississippi roast? Yeah,
1: that's got... um,
0: Pepperoncinis in it, doesn't it? Pepperoncinis and um, yeah, that's a very Mississippi ingredient. Ranch dressing. I know. I don't know why they call it that.
1: It's really. It's Mississippi is really known place. for its
0: pepperoncinis. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that's been but kind I, of a I, new I one. I make
0: that pot roast a lot, actually.
1: So do we. <laughs> I and mean, it,
0: what's a, what 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 is it like? Describe a, it for me.
1: It's it's just a roast, like a chuck roast or a moose roast. Yeah. And it's so easy. You throw it in. Um, you can use a, a pressure cooker. Um, and, and you just put it in there with some, a packet of ranch dressing, um, like some pepperoncinis and a little juice. Yep. Um, and then this is the funny part, a, a stick of butter.
0: Yeah. What's funny about that?
1: I just like, why do we need all that butter in there? <laughs> but it's good. butter's good. It butter's good. And what, Patrick, is there anything else in there? I think, is that I'm it? Not, I, I could look, look it up. That, anyway, that actually reminds
0: me a little bit of remember. one of the- f- one of the first things I remember cooking when I was first learning how to cook and I was really bad at it was
2: uh,
0: <laughs> the, I made this pot roast. I, I found this recipe in wherever, and it was a pot roast with uh, you just added a pack of onion soup. Yeah. To, uh, oh, that's old. To the, oh, yeah. To the pot. See, I, oh, yeah. uh, I like doing
2: it that way. I do, too. A lot of them call for ranch dressing, but I like the French onion soup. Ranch dressing. I never heard of that.
1: Okay. So oh, yeah. um, huh. what else? is? It's got a chuck roast. Salt, pepper, a little flour, um, yeah, and that's it. And you just cook it till it's done. It, it the meat breaks down, and it just there's something about the vinegar and the little bit of hit that you get from the pepperoncinis in, huh. and in the ranch dressing seasoning. And it's just you know put it on noodles, potatoes, eat it with a fork, um, a little sandwich you know it's just good and it's a really really tasty way to make a ro- a moose roast nice so um that's Miss- you got to try it you i i know you'd like it you know
0: you know i'd like it yeah i do i don't know i've i've been to mississippi
1: i don't know what <laughs> mississippi is some I'm, mississippi housewife I'm a, or
0: i'm a louisiana boy we're yeah. we're very thankful for mississippi yeah. <laughs> yeah he's got he's got gumbo
1: in here um you know
0: well don't show me that recipe because i'll have to find something you'll to have to pick it, in up. it
1: i know you gumbo <laughs> people do that i know it's terrible i know i remember the first time i made gumbo and i took it to my friends to try because i think i make a good, good gumbo and um they first thing is just got okra in it uh, no well i didn't gumbo anyway
0: well see that is god I i'm not gonna have this conversation again this is just you know just stop. it doesn't it doesn't yeah no. Okay,
1: okay Patrick. <laughs> there, you know, there no. is
0: extensive check-the-pantry discussion about gumbo, if you I like
1: I know. I, I, there is. I know. I listen to you and your mama. But,
0: but Patrick. So I
2: was just going to throw in here that the way that Terry collects cookbooks, I think I collect beverage books. Really? <laughs> I was wondering about that because... And, and I think they actually make great gifts. Um, yeah. People are getting a lot more excited about wine and about cocktails and... Those sorts of things. So, if I was going to recommend a few, um, yeah, exploring wine, which is put out by the CIA, um, not that CIA, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> the Culinary <laughs> Institute of America, um, is absolutely fantastic, and it is, it, it reads well. Yeah, but it's not just it's not an like the encyclopedia. encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, Uh, so exploring wine I think is absolutely just dynamite and even actually for the master sommelier course it's one of the recommended books oh really yeah um
0: and one of my wine lists is in it so (gasps) oh oh so (laughs) what what was the wine list for god I don't even remember what it was
1: (laughs) god I love wine um But then
2: on the cocktail side of things, I think that uh, Jim Meehan's um, uh, PDT cocktail book is absolutely fantastic, which is uh, Please Don't Tell in New York, (laughs) um, a little hole-in-the-wall bar that literally is a hole-in-the-wall because you have to go into a hot dog shop. That's what it's called? It's called Please Don't Tell. I love it. But yeah, you have to go into a hot dog shop and then into a phone booth. And then the back of the phone booth opens yeah. and there's a that's very there. fun yeah it's its kind of cliche, but it's cute <laughs> um but but they they've been doing craft cocktails forever um and one of the things that I really like about Jim and the way that he writes is one it's very readable and it, again it's not just an encyclopedia or a list of recipes, but he also gives credit to everybody who came up with those drinks nice I mean certainly a lot of them are his but there are a lot that aren't and I like that he always does that
0: made sure to acknowledge that yeah usually <laughs> you know you read the, the 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 cookbooks or whatever by the the famous chefs and it's like most of the stuff in there is like <laughs> yeah the sous chef came up with that or Absolutely. you know yeah. the, <laughs> the dishwasher gave <laughs> you this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but no it's sprang spraying from the culinary genius of whatever what was
1: the first one Patrick What's that? The Encyclopedia of Wine? Or no,
0: it's called Exploring Wine. Exploring Wine. I think the Encyclopedia of Wine is a different book. There's probably yeah, a that, which
2: is by, yeah, Jancis Robinson. Yeah. Um, and Hugh Johnson. But I have the wine but that bible. that is very much just a look up, I need to know this fact, like, right. kind of like using a dictionary. But it's not something you would sit down and read. Whereas Exploring, exploring Wine, I think, wine. It, it reads like a book.
0: Nice. <laughs> um, and has unbelievably good maps in it as well. Maps,
1: like if you go to France.
0: All right. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I was thinking about. The, <laughs> I was thinking about the cocktail book.
1: No, I'm oh, forgetting. Oh, it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well,
0: <laughs> well, that's
1: a whole other evening, okay?
2: I, I, I don't think Jim's book has any has any maps. <laughs> um, and then. I would also say Michael Jackson's um,
0: The World of Beer. Oh, yeah, he's the beer guy. Yeah. Very confusing. Oh. Also, like also the CIA, not that Michael Jackson. E- exactly. <laughs> not that CIA,
2: not that Michael Jackson.
0: Um, he was like one of the but, first sort of craft beer people I'm, in the in the oh, U.S. Sure. Like I I think used from first, like the 80s or some, 70s maybe. His 70s. Yeah. That's when
2: his first books came out. Yeah. Um, but they've been continuously updated. And, right. And... Um, they're really fantastic for a beer lover. The yeah.
1: world of beer.
0: Pretty, ninety-nine uh, oh, okay. percent
1: sure.
0: If you just if you just Google Michael Jackson, he's the first name that comes up. Well, Michael Jackson and <laughs> beer. <laughs>
1: beer. Be sure to put the beer on there, not like dance. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I have. Uh, this is actually uh, semi-related to to beverages and. And because they make very delicious beverages out of this stuff. And I'm hoping that actually in the next few weeks we can do a a show about this particular ingredient, which is rye. Because this is like my favorite baking book ever. It's called The Rye Baker. It's by this guy named Stanley Ginsberg, who pretty much was like, I really like rye bread. And it's almost impossible to find a good text on rye bread in English. They're almost all in German. Yes. And most, most, <laughs> even like really serious bread books, like they might have a little bit about rye bread, you know, like a, a few recipes or maybe like one chapter, but not that much. And rye bread, rye is very different than wheat. I don't know if you've ever tried to make rye bread, but when I was, I
2: haven't.
0: When I was I younger, haven't. I used to, you know, when I was first learning to bake, I would occasionally get like a recipe for quote, unquote, rye bread. And I would be like, oh, okay, I'll make this. And I would, I would make it, and it would turn out, and it would be terrible. It would turn out really gummy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's because there's an enzyme in rye <laughs> that makes bread gummy. Unless, unless you use an acid in the fermentation, ah. such as sourdough. Most ryes are oh. sourdoughs. And... Huh. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about that, and then you get into this book, and i mean this is this is a substantial book, and he basically starts in in Spain and France and works his way east because Eastern Europe is like the spiritual home right. of rye bread, you know, <laughs> and they have so many different no kinds wonder I love it I mean there's just like a ton of them, and they're all like they're all very different, you know I've made several several of the breads out of here um. And there's one that actually I make almost all the time that's, uh, which one is it? I think it's the the Frisian black bread. It's from southern Germany, I think, or northern Germany. And uh, it's just awesome. It's just terrific stuff. And and it blows any of the rye bread that you can get, you know. You
1: can't get good rye bread.
0: You really can't.
1: I'll make you Mississippi roast if you make me the black bread.
0: <laughs> that, you know, do you know how do you know how long and hard it is to make? Well, the, I figured I'd be winning stuff? on this too. You would definitely you know, be. winning. I didn't win. get to this point
1: in my life being stupid, all right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to make, but uh, oh wow! But it's yeah, it's it's really sensational stuff. Do you like stuff.
1: rye bread, Patrick?
0: I do. I love it. Oh,
1: I love a good rye bread.
0: It's so hard to find that.
2: I know. I mean. I lived on the Lower East Side of New York. <laughs> oh like, gosh. Just, <laughs> and and I have
1: German flowing through my blood. So
2: when well, I grew up in Germany, so
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh
2: really? I, I, I couldn't not love it. <laughs> oh
1: God. I I yeah.
2: Where in Germany? A little tiny town called Bootsbach, which is Busbach. Um just north of Frankfurt. Just north yeah. of Frankfurt. It's funny when you get if you get on the autobahn. It's like city, 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 city,
1: tiny town, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that's it. <laughs>
1: oh, have you been back? Oh yeah, <gasps> nice. And I bet you Christmas over there is amazing. The food. It you... is.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> do they do they serve schnitzel? Oh yeah, I love schnitzel <laughs> at Christmas.
2: <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> you know, because I had American parents. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh we did all the traditional
0: stuff, so I—I I mean, you can pr- you can at least get good ham there. Oh yeah, for sure. It's you know that's my longstanding major complaint about U.S. supermarkets. As much as we've uh, as much as we've developed and uh, improved our access to. All sorts of really awesome stuff. It's still really, really hard to get decent ham.
1: You have to go to Corsi's in St. Joe, Arkansas.
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, even like regular supermarket ham here just isn't that great. You know, no, like, it really it's is. not like if you go somewhere else where they really care about ham, you know, you can buy like the run of the mill stuff at the grocery store is like terrific. And I just love ham.
1: I know you do. You told me <laughs> you'd rather have, you'd rather have ham than money when, when you were over and I opened my Corsi's box.
0: Did I say that? Yes, you did. Oh. What I, I, I mean, I guess it's true.
1: Ham is good. Bacon, good bacon. You just, ugh, it's just I, such I a,
0: much prefer ham.
1: Do you like Patrick? Bacon? Um, ham.
0: Actually, you know,
2: because our 12-year-old wants bacon every, every day. morning for breakfast.
1: <laughs> You're both, over it.
2: Both Melissa and I are just done
1: with
0: it. <laughs> I feel like bacon's overrated. I like I, bacon. I mean, I there's nothing wrong with too. bacon, but I don't get the obsession with bacon. Like, I understand the obsession with ham. This makes me... I'm, I'm going to have to make a ham for Christmas, even though it's going to be, like, a whatever ham. If I was smart, <laughs> I would have started making one six weeks ago because yeah. I, I make pretty decent... So
1: so does my husband.
0: Yeah. I don't make smoked ham. I, I make unsmoked, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Parisian ham or oh. jambon blanc.
1: Jambon blanc. Well, I like the yeah. smoke in the It's
0: ham. a lot... It's just a lot easier to make if you don't have, like, a full smoker set You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. We got to... We got we
0: <laughs> So... Last thoughts. Patrick, right. what is the ideal Christmas beverage? Oh. You know, it, it,
2: and I don't, I don't like it aside from for the holidays, but I love mulled wine.
1: Ooh, Ooh. fun.
2: Or glue vine or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, that okay. is good
1: stuff. What, and what's the red wine you like to um, make that with? I
2: don't, I don't know why, but I always use Syrah.
1: Okay, I like Syrah. That yeah, makes sense. I mean
2: it just—it's it, big enough to hold all the spices, but not uh, super tannic, or and it's got a
0: lot of fruit.
1: I love fruit. Me, so too. I'm fruity. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Mulled wine. Now I don't have to make some of that. Too. I know, me too. That'll <laughs> go with ham. That'll totally go with ham. Totally. It is nine fifty-nine a.m. This has been KBBI's Coffee Table. My name is Jeff Lockwood. My thanks to. My guests today, Terry Roble and Patrick Driscoll. And thanks to you for joining us. This is KBBI Homer, AM 890. Taking a quick look at the weather for the Homer area today. Sunny with a high near 22. North wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Becoming light northeast in the afternoon. Tonight, a 50% chance of snow, mainly after 3 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a temperature rising to around 22 by 5 a.m. Ooh, 22, it's going to get warm. Coming up next here on KBBI is, what is next? (laughs) It doesn't say in here. And I forget. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week here on The Coffee Table.